not having a cell phone. How many of you remember having to go to a pay phone? Anybody in here? Look, 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 look up. The, 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 the millennials are saying, what is that? A pay phone? What, what, what that is? We can remember when there was no such thing as that. There's a generation that's grown up that they can't even remember not ever being plugged in. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about is that if you're taking notes and you've got a handout, the first hazard of the use of social media and cell phone is it wastes, it can, it can waste precious time. Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16 says, be careful how you live. Don't live foolish. Look at somebody and say, don't live foolish. Listen, instead, live as wise people, making every minute count because the times are evil. The King James says, we've got to redeem the time. Do you know that the one thing that you cannot buy back is time? You, you know, things can be replaced. Bicycles can be replaced. Uh, uh, resources, finance can be replaced. But time can never be replaced. I've been at a many, a many of bedsides of people who are at the latter age of their life, who are on their deathbed, who are, who are preparing to cross over. And I've never, ever once heard a person say, I regret I didn't spend more time on my cell phone. The reality is some things may not necessarily be wrong, but it can misuse and cause us to misuse the time that God has given us. I wanted to show a video so the team can possibly help me. If today, if you look at, many of you may go to a restaurant and you might look at a family and everybody will be sitting at the table, but everybody will be watching their phone. Isn't that amazing today that we can sit at the same first thing that has and never really converse because everybody is watching their phone. The first thing that has it of cell phones is, is it can possibly you make us use precious time. I'm going to spend a little time on this one. The second one, it can seduce us by the world's values. As Justin said, he works for AT&T and has a media company that, that stress media, they're paid to seduce you and I to buy their products. They make money to get you to control your value, to control the way you think, to control the way you feel, to control the way you buy. If you think it's not affecting you, you're deceived. Listen, what it's, the, the internet and social media amplifies the values of the world. It is constantly telling you how to think and how to feel. It tells, listen to me, it, it tells you, it influences how you dress. The Bible says in Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior or the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God specifically tells us not to copy the behavior of the world. Listen to what 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 2 says it this way. My brother... Do not love the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For the world, the King James said, for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the things that are of the world. I like the, the Living Bible says it this way. For the world offers a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, 
and the pride in our achievement and our possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. The world is fading away along with everything people crave. But anyone, that, anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. You know, as I thought of this, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with a lot of people. Some people are afraid to be my Facebook. But one of my former members, she's in her mid-60s. And I was watching. She posted a recent picture with all her bus out. Is that being discreet enough? Some young folks said, what a bus is. <laughs> Ask your parents. <laughs> but I thought, what, what would seduce this person who say they love God to post a picture half naked? You see, I'm 60s. What would, you see, I'm telling you because, listen to me, now you not, you, some of you are not going to like some of the things I'm going to say in this message, but I want you to know if we're going to be uh, a light in a dark world, we can't be like the world. We got to be different from the world. Can I have an amen? I want you to know that, listen to me, you're going to either be the friend of the world or you're going to be the, the enemy of God. You can't be both. Can I have an amen? The Bible says if you're the friend of the world, you'll be the enemy of the God, but if you'll be the friend of God, you'll be the enemy of the of the world now here's the reality last Sunday at least half of you at the very minimum you were not in church why you chose to go to Mardi Gras instead it got quiet but the reality is is because you have been seduced by the world when Going to parades is more important than the worship of God. You've been deceived and you've been seduced by the world. The reality is, listen, I, I feel for you because here what made it so bad was I was scrolling social media and there's two bishops who, who are well known and they're bragging how they've been elected to be a part of Zulu. And they were right there in the, uh, the Zulu parade and ball and stuff like that. Anybody watch Channel 4 News or Channel 6 News after the parade? And they watched the people from Zulu coming in. And as he was beating the drums, they said, well, what's the meaning of the drum? It says we're inviting our ancestral spirits. Did anybody watch that the ladies who led that were dressed as voodoo practicers? And they were they were parading down and marching before King Zulu with voodoo paraphernalia. Most of you didn't realize that. But you see, you think it's innocent. Oh, well, listen, I want to be like the world. I want you to know you can't win the world when you're trying to be like the world. I told you some of you are not going to like this. But I, I love you because I believe I owe it to you to tell you the truth. We're living, the world will seduce you. 25 years ago, that would have never happened. Me and a fellow pastor were saying, he could not believe, he brought it to my attention. He said, Pastor, do, and he showed me the two, he said, do you believe this? He said, they've become like the world trying to reach the world, but you can never reach the world becoming like the world. 
You got to dare. The Bible says we're to be lights in the midst of a dark world. The word of God was, it will cause you to be dimmy, but that's all right I'm right now. Because listen, they, they, they're going to be, they're going to uh, unfriend me, but that's all right. I, I'm going to still love you. Come on. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> I just need to interject that. Listen, one of the things that social media does is seduce us. To adopt the world's values. And I'm going to say it again. You have to make a decision. All of you. Either you're going to be the friend of God. Or you're going to be the friend of the world. You can't be both. The Bible says if you love God. The world will hate you. If you dare to live for God. In this wicked and perverse generation. The world will dislike you. And so if you're more concerned about being liked by the world. I want you to know. Then you're going to find yourself being the enemy of God. But if you dare to be the friend of God. The world going to see, see, think you out of step. You're different. You, you, just like you, you, you don't fit in. But I'm, you know, we're called not to fit in. Can I have any? We're called to be different. Can I have any men? I know it's not popular, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Number three, moving right along. Here's the danger. We're talking about hazards. What would God say to you and I? The thing he would tell us is that, listen, social media draws us into unproductive arguments. One of the greatest hazards, uh, listen, how, one of the greatest hazards is that we spend waste, wasting time on things, on discussions we shouldn't even be involved in. Listen, do not get involved in foolish discussions, Titus 3.9. Listen, there are things that waste your time. Listen, wait, he said, do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees, quarrels and fights, and uh, uh, about obedience to Jewish law. These things are useless and a waste of time. Look at somebody says a waste of time. The Bible says, don't answer a fool According to his father, listen, I'm reading Proverbs 26, 4. Don't answer the foolish arguments of fools or you'll become foolish as they are. There are people that will try to bait you in and you got to make a decision. Listen, I represent Jesus Christ. I'm, I, I'm not going to even go there. Listen to me. So, so don't even be baited into foolish discussions that won't profit, that don't, that, that don't lead people to Christ. The Bible says in Matthew 12, this is a scripture that all of you need to commit to understand. Listen to what he says. I tell you this, you must give an account on the judgment day for every idle word you speak. Listen to me. Yeah, permanently. And every picture you put on the internet is there permanently. It's not only there permanently, it's there globally. And the reality is that it can be brought up at any time, even if you delete that. That's why when you put things and you say things that you don't mean, you don't realize that it's going to one day, it's going to come up against you. Today, now, many employers, when you go that in for an interview, they've already gone to check. They have people that they pay to go check every one of your social media sites, every one of your online, because they want to see, are you compatible with it? If they find that what you're doing online is contradictory to, to their company, they're going to say, you can't work here. 
And so you need to understand the power of social media. But more importantly, even if nobody else finds out, the reality is one day God is going to hold you accountable for every word and every idle word you say. We're going to give an account to God. Everything that we say, one day we're going to give an account to God. Number four, why is social media and internet can be a hazard? Because it causes us it tempts us to compare and to compete. Say compare and compete. Listen to me. Social media is one of the places that's most often used to show off. To boast. Look what I'm eating. Look at my body. Look at my family. Look at my house. Look at my car. Look at my church. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. God never intended us to compare ourselves. Do you realize that we have a generation that, that are feeling depressed, lonely, largely because the more time they spend on social media, more time they often end up being depressed because they compare themselves. Let me just tell you, God, when he made you, he threw away the mold. You are beautiful. You are accepted. You Listen to me. God didn't make you to be like Kim Kardashian. He made you to be like you. Can I have an amen? But we have a whole generation that comparing themselves to Beyonce or Kim Kardashian. And if, you, and if you don't fit the mold, then you begin to feel surgery. We got people, a generation. Do you know one of the fastest growing industry in America is plastic surgery? We got people who are spending all billions of dollars to try to change who God made them to be. I want you to know that God didn't make a mistake when he made you. And you got to be understand that, that he loves you just the way you are. Somebody say amen. amen. But we got a generation that's comparing. They're always comparing. Well, look what they do. Look what they, no, I want you to know if you'll learn to just spend more time in the book rather than on Facebook, you'll learn to be more grateful to God. Can I have an amen? amen. And I'm telling you, hear me. Listen. I'm going to talk to you next week about how social media can be used as a tool. But one of the dangers is to compare and compete. Let me just tell you, the worst kind, and I'm going to just tell you, especially for Christians, I want all of you to hear me. The worst kind of showing off is spiritual showing off. It's trying to appear more spiritual than you really are. Do you know Jesus reserved his harshest criticism not for the harlot, not for the, the, the tax collector or the sinner, not for the prostitute. He reserved his harshest criticism for the religious leaders. Listen to what he says in Matthew 23. He says in Matthew 23, 5, it's on your handout. Everything they do is for show. Ask yourself, is what you do, is it just for show? Everything they do for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. And they wear robes with extra long tassels. In other words, everything they were doing was to impress others. I like what this guy said. We can't be in the moment when we're always trying to capture the moment. Matthew 6, 1 says this. Listen what Jesus said. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly 
to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Did y'all hear what Jesus said? If we're always trying to brag about what we do, the Bible said we will lose our reward in heaven. So either you're going to live to impress God or you're going to live to impress your social media followers. That, And I want you to know, we've all been, can be lured into pulling into that. And I want you to know that that's why it's so dangerous. You need to recognize it's a hazard. When you show off, I want you to know it doesn't, it, it builds barriers to trying to reach the people. People are not, I say it this way, if you want to impress people, tell them your strengths. But if you want to impact people, tell them your weaknesses. Paul said, I glory in my weaknesses because when I'm weak, he is strong. I remember one time I went in my 35th wedding anniversary, I posted Angie and I's story. I tell them, I said, well, you know, I'm grateful that we've been sat married 35 years. But I said, but the rest of the story, I said, it almost wasn't to be. I said, 30 years ago, my wife called the police on me after a heated argument. I said, because she wanted a divorce. And I went on to tell our story. I went on to say how I was a public success, but I was a private failure. I pretended to have everything all right outwardly, but inwardly I was failing in my home. And although it was embarrassing that my wife called the police on me, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to deal with my anger and my issues. I say now as a result of much prayer, hard work, God has healed our marriage. You know, I had hunt, literally hundreds of people who replied and commented and they said, thank you for being real. Thank you for telling your story. Thank you because they got people that just like me who realized that they had anger issues. They had struggles. And when I shared my struggles, they feel like Here's somebody I could identify with. He's not perfect. He's a real person. I want you to know, that's what we need to realize. The world, we live in a broken and a hurting world. And let me just say, we don't brag on ourselves. We brag on the God who changed us. We brag on the God who saved us. We brag on the God who delivered us. We brag on the one who can do anything but fail. Come on, we ought to give God all the glory. Somebody say amen. Fifthly, as I prepare to close, one of the reasons why social media can be so such a hazard is because I can get addicted to the approval of others. Approval. Hear me, young people and teenagers, let me just tell you, there is a chemical in all of us called, and when people, when you post something and and dopamine is a drug that when, when people, when you post something and, and, and people put a like on it, all of a sudden it releases a, 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 a chemical in your body called dopamine. It's like cocaine and it makes you feel good. Oh, I like that. And we can unconsciously get addicted to the approval of others. When this happened then we become more interested in likes or shares or tweets than we are 
and what God thinks of us. Listen what the Bible says here in John chapter 12, verse 43. Jesus speaking of the religious leaders. He said, he said for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. I want to ask you a question as I prepare to close. Do you love the approval of people more than you love the approval of God? Are you more interested in what people think of you? Some of you saying no too early. Are you more interested in what people think of you than what God thinks of you? I want you to know that we have a generation who's addicted to wanting the approval. This is why parents, listen to me, there should be time we turn it off and we spend time speaking life. I want to to every parent. We need to speak life in our children. We need to let them know who they are. We need to let them know that, listen, God made you. You're special. You're beautiful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, he didn't make them and say, I don't care what it's saying on social media. I don't care. God loves you. And we need to, I believe we need to give them proper approval. But here's what I want you to understand. There's an approval that can only come from God. And though men will never approve, if you're always looking for the approval of others, you'll always be insecure. You'll always be incomplete. You got to learn how to get approval from God. You got to learn how to go sit in the feet of Jesus and talk with Jesus. He'll tell you how much he loves you. He'll tell you what he thinks about you. He'll tell you. See, you're either going to spend time with him or you're going to spend time with the Word. This last thing, and this is probably the most important. Listen, why can social media so dangerous? It can, it can be a distracting. It can distract us from what's most important. Many of you know the story of Martha. There were two sisters. Their name were Martha and Mary. Imagine Jesus coming to your house. How many of you like Jesus to come to your house? Well, Jesus was friends with Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus. Lazarus was the brother who God raised from, the, who Jesus raised from the dead. Now listen what happened. Jesus said, I'm going to go and I want to go sit down and have a meal with my friends, Martha and Mary. But Jesus showed up at the house, but guess what happened? Martha became so distracted by so many things. She was trying to get everything together. She was doing everything. She forgot that Jesus, the most important person, the Lord of creation, the one who made everything, was sitting there. She neglected him and was so busy about everything. And, but the other sister, Mary, Mary came and she sat at Jesus' feet. Martha got upset, and Martha said, Martha said, Lord, I'm going to read it verbatim. She said, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he came to the village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that he made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But listen to what Jesus said. Martha, Martha. 
The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Say one thing is needed. Come on, say one thing is needed. Come on, look at somebody and say one thing is needed. Come on, they didn't hear you tell somebody. Say only one thing is needed. Jesus said Mary had chosen the best thing. As I close, you can close your Bible. I just want to close in a word of prayer. I want to ask us all a question this morning. Have we allowed social media and the internet to distract us from the one thing that's most important? You already heard the statistic that the average person sitting in the room, 99% of you have a smartphone, a cell phone. The average person spends 3.4 hours. Young, the average teen spends nine hours. I want to ask you, how much? Fill me up till I'm overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. But so often we're so filled with everything else that God has no room. And if we're going to really have God fill us up, we got to first ask God to empty us, to empty us of the world. Are you today, as you look over your life, I look over my life, are we more like the world or are we more like Christ? Does the way I conduct myself in this age of rage, does my life look different from the world or do I fit right in with it? If you're here today and heads are bowed and believers are praying, Jesus came to deliver us out of the world so that we would show his praises to a world who needs it. The world can't see the light if we're hiding it under a bushel. If the world is going to see our light, Jesus said we must let it shine so that men would see. I don't know where you are today, but I believe that this word was for many of us in this church this morning. If you're here, young or old, man or woman, boy or girl, and you said, Pastor, that word is for me and I want to act on it. Whatever that means to you today, if that was for you, just slip your hand up all over this place. Just slip your hand up all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. All over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Would you do me a favor? Would you do me a bit? Would you just stand your feet right where you are? All of those who said that word was for me. Come on. We're living in a generation that's been seduced, that's been conformed. That Thank you. Listen, I appreciate it. The rest of you can stay where you are. But I'm going to ask you, would you just come and join me? Because that word was for me as well. And I want you to just, I just want to have a word of prayer with you. Would you just come to this front? Would you just come to this altar? Thank you. Thank you for the for real people who, real. thank you. The, oh, I'm so appreciate these young ladies. I so appreciate these young men. Thank you so much. 